Welcome to the Broadcasters Roundtable here on Flyers Radio 24-7. They're 3-1 and one of the last four games, have won three straight at home. And the Flyers trying to turn things around, maybe make this second half a little more interesting with our latest Broadcaster Roundtable. Tim Saunders with Chris Terrian, Bill Meltzer, Jim Jackson, and Steve Coates. Well, it's been a rough ride so far, but nice to have some positivity to talk about just in the last few days. There's one game before the bye week left. That's the Montreal game on Saturday as of this recording. Uh, Guys, at least they've got something going a little bit. Nice to see them, albeit having to come back from two goal deficits. Nice to see the Flyers... Get some wins. And I agree with you, Timmy. Uh, you know what? Showing resilience in two straight games, getting down 2 nothing. They, they easily could have gone the other way because there's times this year that we've seen them go the other way, to be quite honest. So showing some resilience, uh, battling back for the home crowd, getting uh, what has been terrific Carter Hart, especially him showing his medal again as the games have gone on, down 2 nothing to, to battle back and give his team a chance still. Uh, it's been uh, uh, the funnest part of the season right now, and – you know, I know it's difficult when you look at the wins and losses, but for the Flyers, you have to start somewhere, and I think they've done a great job, as you said, winning three of the last four games. Yeah, it's simply nice to, you know, see some pucks go in the net. It's been, it's been so feast or famine with, with the team this season. Um, it, I think they have something like 13 games where they've scored five, five, five or more goals, but uh, 21, something like that, where they've, they've scored two or less. And it just hasn't been too much in the middle. And and lately, after that after that game in Tampa Bay, there was just that run where nothing was going in the net. So uh, you know, to see the team battle back, to see some guys that you've needed to see break out of droughts, get going a little bit. I mean, you know, those those have been the positives for me in the last week. Kind of strange too, because really, if you look at the analytics, they haven't played all that well in winning these games, but they're winning. So that's all that matters. And and Chris, you know, Coatsy being in a, in a locker room. Wins are the best deodorant around, right? Everyone feels a little bit better about themselves. So hopefully it, it, it acts as a springboard into their second half and, and they can play a little bit better. I think the dynamic is about Carter Hart. Everything revolves around Carter Hart right now. He's made this hockey club a lot more confident. Oh, yeah, they go down 2 nothing, but it's not like that stinky goal that goes in that makes everybody feel badly on the bench and everybody lowers their head and they all get depressed and then it gets worse and worse during a 60-minute hockey game. That's gone with this guy. And... I think it's a nice nice surprise. It's a pleasant surprise, and it makes you feel better coming to the rink. And if I feel good going to the rink and you guys feel better coming to the rink, I hope the players do because it's going to make for a better three months coming up. And I thought you learned something about Carter Hart in that Minnesota game. You know, sometimes for a goalie, when everything is clicking, you know, off the bat, he's rolling through three periods. It's very impressive. But there are also, there are also going to be nights where it's a little bit of a battle. You know, you're and not just the pucks that go in. You're not clean in some of your saves. You have you have to fight for pucks. You know, another team is jostling you around the net. You don't feel comfortable in the net. Does the guy settle in? And I mean, the way that Carter handled that game against Minnesota was like was like a veteran goalie. He he, uh, you know, he battled until he settled in. And over that second half of the game, you know, he got better and better as it went along. I got a chance to watch him on Wednesday night, not broadcasting the game. NBC had it and. What you really notice about him when you're not – Timmy, we're calling a game. We just see the save, right, to watch how he reads the game. Yeah. I mean, he's he's mentally a half step ahead of a lot of people on the ice. So, uh, I think he's the real deal. I mean, in saying that, 
it's not going to be a steady up. I mean, he's going to have some games like the Carolina game on the road there. He's going to have some games like that. He's 20 years old. I mean, he's a young goaltender, but wow, there's, there's quite a foundation it's there. It's funny when other teams come in and you talk about Carter Hart and it's like, are you really going to go the rest of the year with this 20 year old kid? Cause that's absolutely unheard of at that position at that age. And we all know he's here or was here out of necessity but he's probably played the best of the seven that they've seen this year. And as long as they're confident that they're not going to harm him in any way, uh, I don't see a whole lot of danger in continuing to play him. I initially thought when they brought him up, and I don't know how you guys feel, but I, I would suspect it'd probably be the same. Uh, you know, when he got up here, the Flyers, to a degree, were still mentally in, in, a, in a challenge, in a, in a fight where they could have uh, had um, – I think the, the the trip after Christmas is where they really – it didn't go well, where they still could have stayed up into the pack or at least close to it. But I think right now when I look at when I look at Carter Hart, I, I thought they'd want to keep him away a little bit from perhaps a, a crooked score where you mentally break him down a little bit. I haven't seen anything to allude to that. And, and if that is the case, Jimmy, and I totally agree with you, uh, there's going to be uh, dips, uh, valleys sometimes. And we, we live with that with any goalie, even a veteran goalie. So – why not play him here now? I'm in full, full, full uh, mode to say, let's keep the kid up here. Let's let him play and develop and build the foundation here. Because if you're on a team where there's no pressure right now in terms of what your expectations are going in April, I think this is a, actually a good situation to try to, to, to develop a kid like you, Carter Hart. You know what? Oddly enough, there are going to be guys starting to get healthy again, meaning Elliott and right. Neuvert and, and Stolarz. And then what do you do as a, as a former player? Do you do harm in sending him down if he's playing well? No, you don't. You don't at all. Except for mentally, I think you have two things you got to deal with. Well, how does he deal with that? And secondly, what are the fans going to think? I mean, they've come to love this guy. You know, I mean, they're you hear the building. You guys are you know uh, are there every save he makes. There's an energy and a passion that falls back into the Wells Fargo Center that, quite frankly, we haven't seen this year. And this guy is somehow elevated. So there's the business side of it, but I don't think that that sending him down would hurt him. I just don't think it's a necessity at this point because he's getting his grooming here at this level now. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's not completely unheard of for a 20-year-old goalie to be in the NHL, but it's very few. Right. And, and, you know, sometimes the goalies who come up that young, even if they do eventually settle in, you know, Carey Price is a great example, came to Montreal and, and just killed it until like, ran to the Flyers in the playoffs that year. Had a really rough series, and for the next few years, you know, he wasn't the carry price that, that he became later on. I mean, there, there's that concern, but I just think, you know, and I was certainly in the camp heading into the season that, that I thought Carter spending a full year in the American League would, would be the best way to go about we were it. We all in that camp, yeah. right? I agreed with you yeah. there, too, yes. yeah. But the, but the way that he's played, the resiliency he's shown, and, and just his mental toughness, and that's the biggest part of it, too, that, you know, he's – He's been pulled to two games in the American League level. He's been pulled in a game up here. He's dealt with uh, you know games where he hasn't had many goals scored for him, and he just he just keeps rolling. So I don't think I don't think it'd ruin him if you know if there are some of those valleys in the second half. So I I agree with Bundy here. I'm I'm now in the camp that I I'd like to see the Flyers continue to use him this season. I I agree with both you guys about that. I think that uh, that Carter Hart is all the above when you just talked about his ability to be able to play net in the National Hockey League at this time and at his age. I'm more worried about the number of shots he's facing uh, and the way that the defense has played in front of him. I think the penalty kill is absolutely fabulous right now. They're just really doing a great job in front of him. But 
that'd be the worry is that, well, yeah, he's ready, but are the people in front of him ready to do a good job to be able to make him get better and better as compared to having him maybe reach a point as far as confidence is concerned go, how much, I mean, what were the shots in the last three games nearly double yeah. to the, the, the he's faced? You, you know, having said that, though, um, let's acknowledge that the the game just before the recording, this recording, they had a, a team high 30 block shots, and I think the team has played differently yeah. since he got here. There's an absolute uh, effort on the Flyers to collapse in front of them and block shots, and uh, kudos to them for doing that. I think you're right, though. Quality scoring chances, which may start elsewhere, is potentially an issue. Yeah, I, I think that's great that they're winning and they're scoring all the different things that makes for for you know a good hockey game and a, and a team that's showing some success. But still, you got to identify one of the problems is because he is 20 years old. And it's great that all the fans, I think it's great to agree with Bundy about the business. The, the people are excited. This is something the Flyers fans are excited about. Why ruin it? So let's see if we can tighten things up in front of them. And, and I'm not just talking about the D-man. I'm talking about five people in the zone. Right. That's what it's all about. And that's been a real problem basically this season. All right. Well, the last roundtable I think we did was right after Chuck Fletcher was hired. And at the time, uh, the timing of that move uh, what well, we were a third of the way through the season, and there was hope that still save the season, get this team in the playoffs. And I think we can now collectively recognize that the focus has changed. The the objective hasn't, but Jimmy, the reality has. Yeah, I, I, Bundy said it. The post Christmas uh, road trip probably uh, was the, the finishing touch. I mean, hey, there could still be a miracle. It would be a miracle because the East is really tough this year. In Ottawa of, three years ago? Yeah, it, really, <laughs> that kind the of Hamburglar. thing. Yeah, the Hamburglar? Yeah, the Hamburglar. I mean, what, what did they go? They lost like one game so in a like month. 22-4-1 uh, or yeah. some and, crazy yeah, thing. It could happen, uh, but uh, and you never want to give it up. As far as your player, you're going to obviously play every game as though you still have a chance until you're mathematically eliminated. But I, from an organizational standpoint, they do have to look forward. And you have some players in the last year of contracts so do you move them? There's a lot of decisions right now that have to be made uh, moving forward based upon the fact, Timmy, what you say, that playoffs are now a long shot at best for this team. So uh, it's, it's changed in a big way since we last talked. And, and I, you know, in, in saying that, Wayne Simmons is, is starting to play some of his better hockey. So it's, it's, a, it's one of those things the fans want to see that. They, they love Wayne Simmons. So he's got a lot to deal with here, Chuck Fletcher, in terms of which way to go. He has gone public now and said he hasn't – completely close the book on keeping Wayne Simmons. But if you're not in the playoff race and he's an unrestricted free agent, at the very worst you do is trade him and then re-sign him if you want it's to. It's asset management. Yeah, right? get an asset back for him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting, and I think a lot of you – know, sometimes I read it, whether it's Twitter or you just look around the league – it, I, I don't know if you guys feel the same. It, it looks like, to me like it's actually very, very hard to make a trade in the NHL today because yeah. I, I'm sure Chuck would have loved to have done something immediately to either you know stop the bleeding when he got here or to inject some life into uh, the team, the building, whatever. It just appears that this is uh, this is a difficult time to make a trade with exchanging the monies and, and uh, moving it around. That being said, though, I, I, I think Wayne Simmons, from an asset standpoint, Timmy, you said he has to get moved uh, if this team's not making the playoffs. It's almost mandatory that you get a return for him, and he'd probably be the guy, based on it, that would get would garnish the most looks and the most interest from teams uh, as they approach the de trade deadline. He's a typical uh, – not a typical. He is absolutely a prototypical Philadelphia Flyer. 
Wayne Simmons. 100%. Okay, he is what the brand is about. He's what the logo is about. But it's time that, and was it, is it too late now? Well, nobody's going to tell you what the best time is to be able to, 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 to move him. I mean, it's a hard thing to move a guy like Wayne Simmons because he's so important to you in the locker room and so important to you on the ice. But it's time. And that's where it's going to be tough for Chuck Fletcher because you don't want to make it look like you're not dealing from strength. And you want to be able to, to obviously maximize uh, the trade for Wayne Simmons. But the timing has got to be, like you just said, this team's not – you'd like to say, okay, we're going to get on a run and you're going to make the playoffs. But you're sitting in that back room and say, okay, let's, let's figure this out. It's time. There's a caveat to that, though, right? Because that's got to assume you've come to the conclusion that you're not going to sign him, right? Yes. Well, either that or you, you move him and then you sign him. I think that can be done. I know it can be right. done in other sports. I, I, I think the rule is you can still sign him. So, uh, I mean, you could do that. I mean, but in, in reality, we look at the overall situation. You know, he's 30. In, in NHL now, the average age has gone down. Some of these teams' average age now is 25. Yeah. Uh, so how much are you going to give a 30-year-old in terms of a long contract? Uh, and and I'm, there's no bigger Wayne Simmons fan than me. I love Wayne Simmons and the way he plays. And, and what he brings in terms of that toughness, they're going to have to replace. It's some, somehow, some way, moving forward. Maybe not this year, but moving forward, you have to still have that. So... Uh, you know, there's other free agents. Furlan's a free agent. There's other things that can be done, but uh, that element has to be replaced. So uh, it is a real tricky situation, both from a business standpoint and, and from, obviously, what, what happens to the roster. You just don't want to have happen, though, with, with, and it's a different story because of the elevate, the player, of John Tavares. You just don't want to have to not move a guy, not make the playoffs, and then you're stuck with something you get nothing for. So that's the worst case scenario. It'd be great if you, you know, if the Islanders could have traded Tavares at the deadline and then re-signed him in the summer. That was never going to happen, as we found out after. But that's one issue with Chuck is you don't want to just keep an asset because he's a great guy and then uh, not get anything. You may as well take a shot at him again in the summer if you value him and covet him that much, and it makes sense. I'm looking at it from the human standpoint too. Is that I just think the world of Wayne Simmons, Same. both as a person and as a hockey player, and for him to go to another opportunity right now, even this year, if he could get him to a contender, that would be a huge thing for him. He missed out on L.A., got traded to here, but he's had a great career here. But just looking at that, as far as his age, the opportunity, where he is right now in his hockey career, I'd like to see him to go to a contender. I agree with you, Coatsy. Yeah, and he a lot deserves of in that. Toronto. I know Wayne Simmons. I have know. a feeling Toronto <laughs> may be interested in him. Yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. others. There's a lot. I, I think yeah. that could get crazy. That's where the number might get crazy yeah, for I mean, Chuck. I heard Nashville too, which surprised heard, me with Watson. Yeah, Nashville, here. Buffalo's another one that's yeah. mentioned. Billy, so. bottom line is making a trade <laughs> ain't easy, right? No, I, I mean a lot of times, you know, you have you have teams that are close to the cap, um, you know, and they. You might have to take something back that you don't necessarily want, you know, or it's just it's hard. A lot, a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of trades, particularly teams that are in contention. Also, they don't want to move NHL roster players. Um, you know, I, I think that the Flyers might be in a situation where it's almost a two step process. I think we can all agree that the goal here is to put yourself in position to not repeat what's happened, you know, to date this season, to be to be a playoff contender next year, to be back in the postseason and you know, win around, go further than that, hopefully even. But, you know, I, I think step one is a lot of times you, you'll collect assets. You know, the, the Flyers will be in a good situation cap-wise uh, heading into the summer. So you, you collect assets. Maybe those assets can be 
packaged after the season, you know, for uh, to bring in roster help was as teams, you know, start to plan for next season and then, you know, try to try to ramp up towards that. But I don't, you know, it, the Flyers might be able to get a young player, a prospect back, but it's really hard to make, you know, the, the old fashioned hockey trade anymore. It just doesn't happen too often. Let's let's acknowledge one of the other things that is on Chuck Fletcher's plate, obviously, other than just trying to improve his hockey team. So that objective has never changed. But he's also got to make a decision on the coach because Scott Gordon was hired as the interim coach. As I watch this team, and, and Gordon spent a lot of time individually with certain players. I, frankly, he's, he's met individually, I think, with every player. But it's really interesting to watch the impact he's had on some key guys coming out of those meetings. If he's brought out a better James Van Riemsdyke, if he's had the same effect on a Nolan Patrick, and and we've got that to look forward to, uh, there could be a strong case to be made that he should get the job full-time. Interesting, but I think he's going to have to have a really successful second half, uh, just from the standpoint of business. Uh, going forward, the Flyers are going to have Carter Hart to sell, but you're going to have to have this whole new image. And as Bill was alluding to, this is not going to be a rebuild. There's too much here in terms of prospect talent and talent. That What are we going to call there. retool? Yeah, I think retool right? is best. I mean, if they're making trades, I think they, they may trade, as Bill said, for some younger players. But I don't think you're looking. Are you, Bill? I don't think you're looking no. going into this and say, "Okay, let's trade for draft picks." No, uh, let's trade if, Wayne if, Simmons yeah, for if just you, draft. Yeah, picks. if you're if you're acquiring assets, and I think I think Simmons, the guy who's going to bring yeah. prospects back as well as picks. But I'm saying that you know you move you move some other guys who are unexpiring contracts, or you know you, guys you might be able to move. You know, you probably would just get assets back for that. But then those assets can then be packaged with other, with other deals right. in the offseason. To get something that's going to help you more Correct. now as opposed 100%. to later. Yep. It, it's interesting, Jimmy, though. I know we talked on, on postgame one night on uh, after the show, and uh, I think I'd ask you guys, and it, it's a fair point, and it goes along with what we're talking here. And I think you, you and Jonesy answered it great because what I was thinking was, is it possibly that just a bad group, of, a bad mix of chemistry with this group? Yeah. And, you know, because the assets are here. But if you look at the players – and you check the boxes. Most of them are NHL check boxes. Yeah, but way you... more talented than this record. I mean, absolutely. And and and, I, and to, to Timmy's point, Scott Gordon's done a great job with individual guys. Connect these another guy, drop them down to the fourth line, give him a little, you know, wake up call, talk to him, and you know, I, I see a lot of good things from Scott Gordon. But I just think for him to be the the permanent coach moving forward, he's going to have to have a really good second half in yeah. wins and losses. So. And it's going to be tough to do that. But they, they could. But, I mean, don't, don't you agree with that, Cozy? I agree with that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, when you take a look at uh, the individual players' production and the way that they play, that's going to be very important. Wins, losses is absolutely right there. And on top of that, the way the team plays. That, you know, like right now, the team is scoring, but they're not playing very well in front of Carter Hart to be able to stop a lot of pucks. If they start putting everything together offensively, defensively, and then – Wow, it's it brings you a wow. Then I think that Scott Gordon, because I think Scott Gordon, because of the position he's in and where this hockey club is and where the relationship is with the hockey team and the fans right now, Scott Gordon's got to be a little bit ahead of the curve on a normal circumstance to be able to keep this job, if that makes sense to you. Just got to be a little bit of ahead, not just normal. It's got to be a wow. Yeah. That because that's what this market needs right now. And, and I think that. You know, everything we're talking about here, 
for the Flyers to be better next year, I think you need to see continued progression from guys that are that are that are here. You know, if you got to look at the reason why the Flyers are where they are, right? Goaltending instability was was a huge reason the Flyers got here. You know, Carter Hart is here, and and hopefully he continues to play really well over the rest of the season. Um, you know, quite frankly, uh, an important reason why the Flyers are where they are is that the the kind of seasons that their top two defensemen they figured coming in, Provorov and, and Gossespair, they have not played to their own expectations this season. To have those guys getting back at least close to that level is a really important thing for this team moving forward over the rest of the season. You look at Nolan Patrick, he had the four-point game you know, the other night, but you want to see that consistency from him. You want to see him play well you know, over the latter part of the season. Uh, Oscar Lindblom broke broke out of a goal-scoring drought yesterday. He's the guy who does a lot of little things well, but you also want some goal production for him. Well, to me, getting getting those guys to continue to progress, taking a bigger bite out of, out, out of the team, and or, or in the case of Provorov and Ghost, playing to the expectations that they said that the team has for them, they have for themselves, that to me is worth a lot more than, than a couple percentage points of uh, draft odds. Also, special teams. Uh, coaches are often judged on the special teams and the, and the Flyers really struggle in the first half. There have been signs of improvement. The, pe the penalty sure. killing has been better and the power play now with the five forward look is going to be an adventure, but it uh, might be more productive. We'll see. Uh, you know, those uh, over the long haul, what we see here in the second half, that reflects on the coach too. I, I don't want to close the door on Scott Gordon because I think he's doing a good job. It's a tough situation he's in, uh, but I do think there has to be that, as you, as coach, he said that, that, wow, wow, they really are a better team here in the second half. All right. Individual players, it, to me, and we're coming off of the uh, Sean Couturier hat-trick game um, the other night as of this recording. To me, he embodies everything that this team's going to have to buy into if they're going to set the table and improve the rest of the second half and be ready for next year. Because offense comes from defense, and nobody embodies that more than Sean Couturier. He does. He's uh, and and again, he's another guy that's gotten caught a little bit in the fray of this season. You know, the overall uh, start to where we are right now. Uh, that game against Boston. I mean, he he did so many great things in that hockey game. And maybe it was a guy like Bergeron on the other side. You see him there, and you want to challenge yourself to to be seen in the same light of him. And as a guy like Bergeron, and I think Coots is in that company. He's just had a down season like a lot of other guys. It didn't work out like it did last year. But he is the guy that. That's the number one, number two type of center that you need on a team if you're going to go a long way. And Coots has been a major part of this process for the last eight years he's been here. So, yes, he is. Uh, he's the embodiment of, of that type of effort. And I think when you look at last night's game, I'm just going back into Coots or whoever it was, that's the kind of 60-minute game that you'd expect from a team, whether the good and the bad in it, the good saves, a couple turnovers here and there. That happens every game because teams get chances in this league now. But that's the kind of game the Flyers played last night. Coots, the leader of it, I thought uh, that they have to play and find a gear to play every night to be successful. Billy, if they don't take that approach where offense comes from a defensive foundation, they're going to continue to tread water. No, absolutely. You, you, can look at, you can look at the third goal, the, the hat trick goal that he scored. Um, that's really started, that started from the defensive zone. And Lindblom in particular made a really nice play, sealed off the wall, got the puck to Couture, and now you've got a two-on-one. That's a great example of turning defense into offense. Um, you know, when, the, when you look at what the really successful teams do, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of times we talk about attention to detail. But it starts out with players being in the right place. You know, sticks 
sticks and bodies being where they need to be and, and you know winning those little battles if you're on, you're on the penalty kill okay you force a turnover you got to get the puck out of the zone if, if the puck gets held at the point now the team might get two three more looks at the net and that's where structure falls apart that's where where you know where things go awry I, I think that uh, you know all those kind of things that Couturier who who really as you said embodies the those attention to detail beyond beyond any statistics he puts up you know the, the team plays that way then then you're looking a lot more success and if you don't then you're going to continue to be up and down simple as that real quickly to on coots uh noticed here in the last year maybe less than a year uh, leadership quotient with him that is uh, he, he's not afraid to, to go right out now Claude Drew's more of a guy he doesn't like to to criticize his team through the media but Couturier has shown he'll go right out there and say we got to be better we have to be better something's wrong if we're not better and I think that this team needs that a little bit and I think he, he's starting to supply that as he matures that might be a good note to start to wind this up it's going to be uh, an interesting second half uh Coetzee with the trading deadline coming up uh, here in February uh, this is obviously going to be an active team, probably. Well, you would assume so because of the, the numbers basically are talking to you right now about what this team has to do. And Chuck Fletcher, I think, has handled this perfectly because he hasn't really done anything. He traded Jordan Wheel and he put on put we, uh, Weiss on we, waivers, but nothing's really like everybody was looking for that wow back in November, like, okay, they're going to really turn the table and we're going to make all these trades. He's proven to me that, hey, I'm not going to make any moves for the sake of making a move because I do not want to deal from uh, a lack of ability to be able to make a good deal. And that's where I think this team is right now. Now, we all can prognosticate about what this is going to be and who it's going to be because you're kind of with all the contracts that are really up there you're kind of kind of stuck there but I don't know what and and he's not going to lay, play his hand right now you, you notice he doesn't really talk a lot I, I think that that's another good thing too he doesn't need to tell everybody what's going on and that's what's good about it so, so the next couple of months or the next month is going to be very interesting to everybody in yeah, Flyers hands. he's got a tough Land. job and uh, way over our heads on the term of uh, the pay scale Monday February the 25th is the NHL trading deadline and it's going to be interesting to watch what happens between now and then with our latest broadcaster roundtable for Chris Terrian Bill Meltzer Jim Jackson Steve Coates I'm Tim Saunders the preceding program is an original production of Flyers Radio 24-7. You can find this and other programs available on demand at FlyersRadio247.com.